Dawson. Drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Hi everyone, welcome to Romantic Truth. Jowson with you here in Las Vegas. Now, um, what we're going to talk about today has to do with dating and best practices. Now, let's start from the fundamentals. First thing that should happen, you should have an idea of who you are. That means an introspective view of who you are, the things you like, the things you want, the weaknesses you have, the strengths you have, what you're looking for in a partner and how will they compliment you. Not talking about literal compliments, but how they will compliment you in regards to enhancing the attractiveness of you as a couple. These are very important. We oftentimes get hung up on the cosmetics and the aesthetics of the situation. And we really need to look at what we're actually bringing to the table and what is actually at the table. And you hear these people come up with these cynical ideas of, oh, I am the table, that kind of thing. Let me tell you something. That person, you wouldn't want to deal with anyway in a relationship. They don't take themselves seriously. So what you want to deal with is someone who's focused and who knows exactly what they want, especially if you're over the age of 28. At this time, it is game time. It is not time to be sitting around trying to figure it out. Because you're going to be going into your 30s soon, and you're going to have to get serious with your life. Now, it's better if you start younger, but a lot of people will come out of the stupor around 27, 28 years of age. And that stupor is where you're just going and you're dating for no reason, you're trying to figure it out, and you're trying to get in touch with your emotions. You might have started a relationship too early or too soon in your life, and therefore, that can be problematic for some people. Now, here's the thing that I would tell you. Take out a sheet of paper, legal pad, and then you want to write down four specific question categories. Who am I? What are my strengths and weaknesses? What is my purpose? And what are my future intentions? In any job interview, this is what employers look for. You have to look at it similar to a job interview when you're going to assess who's going to be the right person for you and what you have to bring to the table. Plain and simple. So, who am I? Describe yourself without describing anything you own, drive in, live in, or possess. In other words, all about you, your personality, sense of humor, character, demeanor. Do you know what personality type you are? For instance, I'm ENTJ. You should know these things because you would have a better sense of self-awareness. So when you present yourself to someone, they could take you seriously. Next thing that you want to look at also in that category are your morals, your values, your standards. What are your boundaries? 
you want to have those things clearly defined by you. Because the one thing a person hates to see when they meet someone is hypocrisy. Take, for instance, you're trying to quit smoking. And you've already told this person online through your profile that you are a non-smoker. Now, if you go on a date with this person and they find out indeed that you do smoke, you're going to be a hypocrite to them. They may ask for clarification, but that's going to count against you negatively. Keep that in mind. What they would look at is, oh, you're good at misrepresenting yourself. So that counts against you. Next thing you want to look at, after you've kind of defined yourself in that category, and it's up to you to pretty much ask the questions of yourself. Things you would like, things that you know, things you don't know. All of these things will help you. These are tools to help you. Next thing, let's go to your purpose. The first thing that means is what drives you? What's the motivation in your life? What you would do, no matter how much you're paid to do it, that you really love to do? Your passion behind it. How does it drive you? What does it motivate you to do? Does it motivate you to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and work on it? It's up to you to describe that. If you don't have one, you're in bad shape, especially if you're 28 or older. You're in really bad shape. You're going to really have to think and go within yourself and figure out what that is. Now, in this category, what you're also looking at is what have you done in order to head in that direction? For instance, if you want to be a nuclear scientist, I'll use a really abstract type of uh, situation. Well, you wouldn't just say, oh, I go on YouTube and watch videos and I read books. No, it has to be a little bit more involved. Are you working on your education towards that goal? What sacrifices have you made towards that endeavor? Just because you say you want to do something, I want to be a music producer. Next question the person's going to ask you is, how long have you been at it? And then they're going to look at your progression. Take for instance, you're trying to get a record deal, and you started out when you were 18, and now you're 40. Nobody's going to take you seriously. At this point, they look at you as a person that has a hobby. So the passion that you have will be something that will show fruits of your labor, fruits of your effort. Now, another thing you'll need to look at, too, with this purpose you also want to see how it would be incorporated in a career. Or if you're working one job and you have a passion for something else, at one point, where will they intersect or where you will you divert from that in order to pursue that? These are things you have to look at. The feasibility of it. Very important, I'm telling you. Now, the next thing that you want to look at will be your strengths and weaknesses. The worst answer you could ever tell someone when they ask you about this is to say you don't have any. At that point, they look at you as being disingenuous, a liar, someone who misrepresents themselves. Once that happens, everything you say from that point on falls on deaf ears. The person will check out on you. They don't want to listen to you anymore. So it could go in the form of what do you like? Do you like movies? What kind of movies do you like? Do you like horror movies? You know, like that area where you cover in your profile where you talk about interest? This is what that will fill in. 
things that you're not too good at. Take for instance, you may not be good at playing a musical instrument or something of that sort. These are also things that are conversation starters for you starting out on your first date. Hey, you know what? I'm horrible at piano. Can you play a piano? Yeah, I play it very well. Well, one of these days you may have to teach me. That right there is a nexus because you're matching your weakness with that person's strength. And so you have to use these opportunities to your advantage when you're meeting someone. Another thing you have to look at also is not to be ashamed of some of the things that you're not good at. You may try to camouflage it. Some people will lie. Don't do that. You know, a lot of times people will go on their profile and they'll put a picture of them water skiing. But they did that 10, 15 years ago. Haven't touched the water since then. And then they'll make a reference to, oh yeah, well, I see you like the water skate. Well, don't tell the person you're still doing it if you haven't. Oh yeah, I used to do that back in the day. Then that's a different conversation altogether. As opposed to saying, yeah, I still do it. But you haven't done it in 15 years. Don't even know if you are capable of doing it again. I'm telling you, honesty is the best policy when it comes down to this. So you want to establish this up front. Now, you don't have to tell every weakness that you have, but things that would definitely be an opportunity for that partner in order to assist you with. Write down your strengths, what you're good at, the things that you know you could do by the back of your hand. They, you may expose a weakness on their part where you compliment them. These things are important. Now, when it comes down to the situation about what are your intentions, these are your future goals. Now, what you want to do is incorporate everything you've established for yourself into a goal that can be shared with someone else in the future. You want to take all of your personality characteristics, your purpose, your drive, all those things, along with your strengths and weaknesses, and culminate it into an objective, a goal. Once you've done this, you want to be inclusive. So you'll say something like, well, for instance, if I finish the nuclear program, I'm hoping to get a pretty good job and then establish a family, hopefully with someone like you or et cetera, et cetera. In that way, that person will see that you have goals already established for yourself. You have the drive to do it. You've already made efforts towards that endeavor. And it builds their confidence in you. And it also builds your own confidence in yourself. Because then you see kind of a roadmap as to where you're going. This is what people look for when they're looking for someone to date. I'm talking about serious people. I'm not talking about a hookup. I'm not talking about, we'll see whatever happens. I'm not talking about something like that. You can find that junk anywhere. You go on any one of these dating sites and find that. At this point in your life, if you're in your mid-20s to late-20s and up, you're serious. It's game time. The clock is playing against you. So you have to be a little bit more direct on what you're looking for. Don't mince words. Go in there and state your claim. Now, a lot of people would like to go into a situation when it comes to dating and just say, okay, well, now that I know about myself, let's talk about what you will need first. Not what you want, 
because a lot of times what we do is we go for what we want first, damn what we need. If, if it happens to be something we need in that person, we'll try to figure it out later. Don't do that. Don't have that approach. Have the approach of what you need as a priority. Your needs are important. One thing that I will tell you, money, financial security should not be a need. That should be something that you're providing for yourself independently prior to getting with that person. If you're going in with that mindset, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get used a lot of times. You're going to be used for sex and that's it. Because the reason being that person's going to figure you out early on and they're going to play along with you and they're going to play you. So don't put yourself in that predicament. So when you're going forward, some of the needs you may, may need to have. Someone who's caring. Someone who is considerate. Very important. We talk about communications and relationships, but we forget about the other C word, considerate. A person could communicate with you and sound like they're a dictator. They have to be considerate of who they're talking to. That's very important. And that also means their actions as well as their words. The other thing that you have to look at is to avoid someone who's patronizing. That you don't need. You don't need yes people in your life at this point. You need a person that's going to be fair and objective. Someone who will tell you when you're doing something wrong. And someone that you can have input with them when they're doing something wrong. Where they will listen to you. Listening skills are very important. You should require that. And you should also listen yourself. You should be very observant. Very important to be that as well. Now, communication skills. You will need to have those in your back pocket. You will need to know how to use them, how to communicate with that person effectively where they will understand without any deviation of thought. That's difficult sometimes because you have some people that don't want to hear something that you're saying. When you get into that kind of parlay with that person, drop it. Don't try to convince them. Move on. Now, one of the hardest things in the world to do is to control your life as an adult. You have so many influencers out there. Notice the name of these people on social media. They're called influencers. That means that they are leading people who don't have guidance on their own. What you have to remember is this. As I tell you on this show, every one of you listeners are not followers. You are leaders in your own lives. These are just tools to help you. I'm not a messiah. I'm not somebody that's leading the people to the promised land. This is basic thinking that everyone has the capacity to do. Now, when it comes down to this, you also want to think about the emotional needs you have. You need someone who's caring. If you'd like to be cuddled or kissed or whatever, make sure you put that in there as one of the prerequisites, one of the requirements. You want somebody that's attentive. And what I'm saying is you're looking for more of the territorial aspects of the person, more so than the physical. We usually start out with the physical because they made it so easy for us now to swipe right or swipe left just based on a person's appearance, and that's it. We have to go deeper than that because a relationship requires more than that. 
So understand it. Now, if you're just looking for a fling, okay, you can swipe left, swipe right, and hope for the best. Another thing you need to have, especially you ladies, you need to have a strategy when it comes down to intimacy. What that means is it depends on your pace and it depends on you and your comfort level. Comfort is one thing that you should have on there as a prerequisite. That person that you're with should make you feel comfortable. If you're uncomfortable with them, why are you having sex with them? Why are you going into a relationship with them? Trying to convert them or turn them around? That's not your job. So you got to have limitations. This is the reason why you have to be self-aware. That's what this is designed to do. They help you be more self-aware. Because the one thing you don't want to do is to be in a relationship, be in a bed with someone, and ask yourself, what the hell are we doing? Where is this going? Why am I here? So before you get to that point, you want to have more of a precise idea as to what's going on. Now, is this perfect? No, nothing is perfect. So let's get that word perfection out of our vocabulary. Now, another thing too that we have to look at as well, both men and women with this, you have to look at what their goals are, what their aspirations are, the very things that you went and evaluated yourself on, you're gonna use that as a template to overlay for them. So those are the questions that you could also ask them as well. But you have to do it with tact. So tell me about your family. So tell me about, you know, how do you like single life? You're trying to find all of these aspects out just to get a feel for what this person is feeling at the time. So what kind of relationship are you looking for? Make sure that there's a congruency between what they put on their profile and what they're telling you on the date. You'd be surprised how many times people deviate from that. Now, one thing to keep in mind, statistically, about 16% of men and 22% of women have someone else to create their profile online. They may go through a dating coach, they may go through a relative, a friend, colleague. Be mindful of this. If they don't openly tell you that someone else did their profile, when they're really messing up on the things that they had written on there compared to what you're finding out by talking to them. You may want to ask if they wrote the profile or they should admit they, that they didn't. It's only obvious if they have not wrote, written the profile themselves and they may not be using the same verbiage or vernacular as in the profile you know right then. You're not dealing with somebody that's going to be legit with you. Now, we usually will select someone, and then after we selected them, then the first thing we'll start doing is chatting with them to find out whether or not, you know, this person, what they're about, what they're doing, everything else. Quit wasting nonsensical time. How you doing today? I'm doing fine, how are you? Let's go straight to it. Hey, I liked your profile. Tell me more about yourself. Go straight for the jugular. The reason being, a lot of you get sidetracked by these scammers because they start with the bullshit fluff. And what they do with this, they keep you in that position to try to get as much information from you as possible. 
they usually don't share much information about themselves. When you start running into a situation where it's like that, you ask them a question, they ask you a question, you answer it, and they're very vague on their answer, block them. Don't even bother with them. Just block them and go on to somebody else. Because you haven't missed anything except probably being uh, shisted out of some money. So don't worry about that. Now, another thing to look at too. People who go online and they'll give you this sorry ass excuse. Well, you know, uh, I haven't been on the app in six months. And now they're contacting you. Well, take another six months sabbatical. We don't need you. The reason why I say this is because just as disconnected as they were with the app, they're just contacting somebody because of the fact that they decide to go on six months later. That shows you how serious they are about finding someone. Now, true enough, they could have gone through other means, but here's the thing. Somebody that's looking for a relationship, guess what they're not going to do? They're not going to be half-assed about it. So half-assed people should be off your list of candidates. These are people that don't follow through. They'll say something and don't follow through with it. Hey, I'll chat with you tomorrow around 6 or so. And so you're on the app and around 6 or so, nothing. 7, nothing. The whole night, nothing. You don't get any notifications or anything. Block them. You don't need them. Go on to the next. Now, I know this sounds kind of callous and cold, but here's the thing. Your time is valuable, and the last thing you need to do is waste it on somebody that's confused, that's preoccupied, and as I've always told you, the majority of people on dating apps are emotionally unavailable. They're dealing with other things. You'll find some who are ready to be in a relationship. You'll find others that aren't, and you'll find more people who aren't than that are, because there are a lot of people out there that just wants the attention of a relationship, to have someone after them to make them feel better. Another thing I will warn you about, especially you guys, there are a lot of women out there in bad relationships and the only thing they want to do is text. They can't ever meet you. They can't get, ever go anywhere. And they're going to always have an excuse or tell you, uh, you know, I don't meet people that I meet on that I meet online. If they say that, block them. You don't need them. You don't need a pen pal. Let somebody else that has nothing else to do all day but chat, let them have fun with it. That's not your job. <laughs> you got to remember, some of these people are lazy. They know damn well they have to do some work on that relationship, either fix it or get out of it. And they don't want to do it. They want to complain. Don't lend your ear to that shit. You don't have to. You're not going to get anything from it no matter how long you stay listening to them. They're comfortable at the situation they're in. If they were not, trust me, they would have done something about it. Plain and simple. Now, one thing that I will tell you, and women who are really looking for a relationship do this regularly. They will try to arrange a face-to-face -face meeting within a week or two weeks of chatting with you. Usually that's when you know they're serious. There's some that will want to wait a month, two months, and those kind of things, get to know you a little bit better. Now, it all depends on their situation. If they've just come out of a divorce 
or if it's a situation where they had a breakup or something like that, you can give them a little leeway. But what I will tell you is be vigilant on your time because they will waste it. Now, ladies, for you with sex, intimacy. Some of you, I looked at one statistic, most women wait until eight or nine dates before they even talk about intimacy. Understand, before you do that, if you're looking for a solid relationship, you need to go for a commitment or exclusivity before doing that. Some of you haven't had sex in a long time and you go, you have sex with a guy, and a lot of times you wonder why he's not calling you back while he's not showing up. Well, that could be various reasons. But whatever you do, you want to try to get a commitment. If you are looking for a relationship, if you're looking for a hookup, you don't need that. But if you're looking for a relationship, something that's going to be sustainable, that's what you want to view. But only do it when you're comfortable as far as intimacy. Some women, they're comfortable after three dates. Some women are comfortable after six. Some are comfortable after nine. It depends. Now, keep in mind, ladies, that this is costing guys a lot of money now, especially with inflation the way it is. So understand that he's not going to be able to take you to all these extravagant restaurants all the time. By the same token, you shouldn't have to go to the 99 cent store or Dollar Tree to get a meal either. So it has to be something that's within moderation. Now, the first date, I highly recommend a coffee shop, ice cream parlor, pizza parlor, something where the cost is not that expensive. The reason being, it lessens the pressure on the woman to worry about the guy wanting to ask her for something, some intimacy or something like that because you spend a lot of money on her. And also for the guys, it saves you money because if the date doesn't work out, you have only been out of a few bucks as opposed to doing what I did years ago, which I told you on another podcast, where I spent $175 on the first date and it didn't lead to a second date. And then when I calculated things up, back in that time, I was only making 15 bucks an hour. And after I calculated everything, it took me 15 hours to go on a five-hour date with a woman. 15 hours of work for a five-hour date that wound up being a loss. This is to save you on that. Now, Fellas, don't get intimidated if she has coupons or she has a discount or she knows she can go to one place, the two of you can go and you could eat two for one or something like that. Don't try to show off and be flashy. Let her contribute in that context. Because what she's doing is she's saying, since you thought of me to take me out, the least I could do is think of you to help you with the bill. You see how reciprocity works? And it makes you a little bit closer as far as bonding. Now, when it comes down to touching, guys, keep your hands to yourself. Let her do the touching. When she's comfortable with you, she's going to touch you first. That's the way it usually goes. She wants to show you the picture of her dog, her family members or whatever, and she'll go scroll through her camera, through her phone, get into a gallery, and then she'll probably come in closer so you can see the pictures with her. Now, when she's in that space, that reach space where you can put your arm around her or something like that, she may snuggle herself close enough to you 
where she will feel comfortable with her, with you putting your arms around her. If not, she's going to sit at on the other side of the table and just turn the phone around so you can see it and then keep it over there. More than likely, her ankles will be crossed, which means that she's not interested in you on that level. She's just being cordial. You have to learn about body language because that means a lot. Now, another thing too. If she gets close to you, starts holding your hand, that kind of thing, she's comfortable. Now, you have some women who are patronizing who will do it just to use you. Be mindful of that. Let me give you an example of this in particular. Take, for instance, it's Mother's Day. And out of the blue, you've been on this dating site for a while. And out of the blue, this lady that you liked maybe four and a half weeks ago hits you up on Mother's Day. And she says something like, let's go out to dinner today. And you're thinking, oh, gosh, let's go out to dinner. You're right. Let's, let's go. I'll pay. And so the guy is so happy and elated to be with her. He goes out, but she only contacted him for that purpose only. Just to go out on Mother's Day. He's paid for the meal. She wanted a free meal, and that was it. Please understand that. You don't have to be conveniently available for somebody for their emergency. That's on them. They say it's their birthday and they want to go out. Well, you know what? Why couldn't have you contacted me prior to your birthday? So that we could have built up a rapport where I would feel comfortable taking you out on your birthday. You just contacted me for your birthday to wipe your butt with me and then throw me over to the side of the way. Be mindful of that because there are some women out there who will do just that. Another thing you have to look at is the way they treat you, the way they communicate with you. If they come off and they're domineering, whether it's a man or a woman, you can check it if you want to. But guess what? That behavior existed long before they met you. That behavior more than likely will continue after they meet you. They don't just pull respect out of the air and then all of a sudden they can comport themselves. They usually will do it temporarily just to try to get what they want. But trust and believe they're going to go back to their normal form once they feel comfortable again. That epiphany did not magically occur because of you. You're no one special. Get that out of your head when it comes down to dealing with these folks. They're not going to go and do things magically for you to let you think that they have that you have that much control. A lot of these younger women are misguided by this issue. More in a moment, folks. Now, let's cover your profile before we get back into the dating situation. On your profile, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it a hundred times. Headshot of yourself, full length body shot, that's all you need. Now, you can put in other complimentary photos, you can play around with filters, those kind of things, that's cool. But just make sure you have two photos of you in your natural state. Another thing. Don't have any other people or pets in your photos. Trust me, this works against you. Especially if you have little Poopsie the puppy there or little Felix the cat or whatever the hell. The problem is, is that they will look at that. They know that that's important to you. But here's the problem. The way they would interpret it is, oh, that's a priority over 
us in a relationship. And unfortunately, some people think that way and they perceive it. If you have a picture of you and your daughter, ladies, and your daughter looks hot, and you look hot, but daughter is a younger version of you, the guys are going to focus on her. Especially if she's in that age range of about 20-something. Yes, this is something you don't want. You don't want that threat on your screen. Even though you love your daughter, you don't want her there. Same thing with your son. Some guys will misinterpret it. They're not going to read the profile a lot of times, and they're going to assume, oh, well, she's in the younger dudes. And not realizing that that's your son. The only person that will really know that's your son or your daughter is you. You're dealing with a total stranger. And that stranger is interested in you first. Meeting your family and all that should be a privilege for him later on. It should not be something that's up front and in his face. Guys, when it comes down to your guns, your cars, and all that shit, leave that to the side. Same thing. Headshot of you, full-length body shot, that's all you need. You don't need to be carrying a damn big-ass bass and all of that. She'll find out about you later. Because what that does for a woman, the first thing she thinks about, oh, he's got an inferiority complex. He's trying to overdo it to show how manly he is. You don't have to do that. Save that for later. She'll realize that once she's with you. But let her get to know you first. Let her not just look at these objects and make a judgment on you based on that. Because they do. It's very subjective. Now, some of you will go and have these professional photographers, these dating coaches, and all the rest of this stuff to do all this stuff for you. Be careful. Because they may represent you in a way that may be not so, uh, how can I best say it, authentic. And therefore, when that guy meets you, he might just say, damn, you know, you look better. There was a thing called Glamour Shots years ago. And a lot of women used to use that particular service. And they looked like dynamite on the photos. And then when you meet them in person, yeah, they, you know, didn't have this tucked in, this, you know. So the main thing is to be yourself. That is the main thing. You don't need a dating coach for that. You know yourself better than anyone else. You know what looks good on you and what doesn't. You do it every day. You go to work every day. You go to church. So here's the thing. There's enough people in your wallet as it is. You don't need more. Now, another thing to realize, if you have just gotten out of a divorce or long-term relationship and you're kind of intimidated about going out there, just relax. Take your time. And here's the thing I would always tell you before you start a relationship. Establish a friendship first with that person. This will help you because you'll have a better chance of observing them and assessing whether or not you're making a good choice. A lot of times people will look for a relationship and that means that they're going just for that only. You have to look for that friendship because that's going to be the solid foundation that's going to be where the relationship is built on. 
This is the reason why I tell you to get away from all the fluff people, the people that are just BSing all the time. You want to get with the people where they have a goal and they have some sort of direction in their lives. Now, another thing too, don't express your emergency to that potential person. And what do I mean by that? Take for instance, some women will say, oh, my kid needs a dad. Or I need a man around the house to help me fix things. The minute you say that to a guy, the way he looks at it is, okay, I'll go over there and help her out with this. And in turn, she'll give me sex. That's the way they look at it. You want to be able to pay your own bills, both men and women. Nobody should be borrowing money from anyone or asking to borrow money, loans or anything like that. I'll pay you backs or anything like that. If you happen to be approached by a person and you guys are chatting, everything's going well, and then this person wants to go out on a date, if it's in between paydays or you don't have any money at that particular time, let them know. Hey, you know what? Uh, We're going to have to reschedule it because I don't have any money right now. I paid all my bills. And right now, the only thing I have is 40 bucks, 50 bucks. Well, if she has the same amount, she can say, well, why don't we compromise? We'll go and try to get something that maybe costs 25 bucks and we'll split it. You never know what arrangement she comes up with. But as men, we a lot of times don't like to even talk about that because we don't want to be shamed by being broke. Let me tell you something. The only people that shame you about not having money are the people who don't have it themselves. Oops. The people that are going to call you broke are going to be the people that don't have money themselves. That's why they're calling you broke. Because they're looking for somebody to get over on. Plain and simple. Now, you'll get asked by some women to take them out. They might say something like, well, I only go to five-star restaurants. The only thing you have to tell them is, that's good for you. That means you can afford to take yourself to one. Right now, I would like to get to know you. And I don't feel as though I should take on a five-star restaurant expenditure just getting to know you. And you bring it down to a coffee shop date on the first date. Ladies, do not allow men to pick you up on the first date. Some of you get that shit wrong. Find your own transportation. Have your girlfriend drop you off. Parents drop you off. Friend drop you off. Go with Uber, Lyft, or somebody. But whatever you do, do not allow a man to pick you up on the first date. Why? Because if you notice, a lot of these women wind up missing, wind up sexually assaulted, wind up brutalized. I was watching a show the other night. lady went on a first date with a guy that she met online. They went on a date. He gave her food. They had a good time. She thought he was taking her home. He took her by a lake. He raped her. Left her there. Drove off. Thought he had choked the woman to death. The woman survived it and was able to get the guy locked up. Don't put yourself in that predicament. The lady who wrote me a while back, she went on a date with the guy. Guy unzipped his pants and expected to get hit. She wouldn't do it. He kicked her out of the car. She had to walk miles to her house barefoot on gravel because her high heels 
and we're gonna work out there. So this is the reason why you don't wanna do that. You wanna always have the advantage of leaving. Relation, the date didn't work out. You don't have to sit in the car with him on the way to your house and hope that he takes you home. No, don't put yourself in that position. If you happen to do this, and a lot of younger women do this for some reason, I don't know. Take a selfie with the two of you close together. A headshot of both of you together. Download the app called, before you do it, called Timestamp. Use the Timestamp app to take the selfie. That gives you the, all the GPS coordinates, everything, there in the photo. The time, everything, down to the last second. So in that way, you have a photo, and then take a picture of the back of the vehicle that you'll be getting in. And you want to get the taillight pattern, you want to get the license plate, and usually most automobiles have the name of the vehicle on the back. Take these two photos and send them to your roommate, a family member, whomever. Do not put them on social media. I stress this again, do not put those photos on social media. Send them to your family, your friends, a loved one, so they will know what you left in. So just in case they find you, they can give that, uh, you know, try to find your body or whatever. I hate to say it that way, but they can give that to the detectives and they'll know where to start from. They know what the guy looks like, they know the vehicle, and they'll know the time that you guys were together. That will help to solve the case. Now, another thing too. If the guy is making you feel uncomfortable during the day, or fellas, if the lady is making you feel uncomfortable during the day, how so? She might say something, well, you know, um, I just got to check to make sure my ex-boyfriend is not out in the parking lot. I would end that date immediately. Don't try to be a hero. Don't try to go out there and be Captain America and prove your love. You don't know her that well. You don't know what she's associated with. That's not your problem. Ladies, if it's a situation where the guy is becoming a little bit too forward with you or too demanding, too macho, whatever, just say, hey, you know what? We could be friends. End the date. Because you already know what you'd probably be going into with it. You want to go somewhere that's well lit, coffee shop or somewhere like that where there are a lot of people, where you're in an open space. Because at this point, what you want to do is to find out more about the person that may be potentially in your life. We spend more time at a car dealership haggling over an interest rate than we do talking to the person that may be our partner in the future. We'll stay at a damn car dealership all night long to get that lower monthly payment. But when it comes down to somebody that's going to impact your life that could not only mess up your income and everything else, no, you're not spending that kind of time. You need to. You got to start paying attention to detail on this. Now, if you're with a the person there, start talking about debt right off the bat. Talking about how much in debt they are, how they have bad credit, how they file bankruptcy and all this stuff. That doesn't pertain to you because you're not going to be married to them. The only people that worry about a 700 credit score or whatever are who? Poor people looking for a hand up. 
The only thing credit does, it lets other lenders know that you can pay back bills. But is that income? No, it isn't. That just means that you could be established for liability. I knew of a woman last, uh, I think it was the last two years. I think I met her two years ago, I believe. What happened with her was she would only look for a man with good credit. And the reason being her credit was messed up and every boyfriend she had, she fucked up their credit along the way. And I was getting ready to talk to her because she was talking about coming to Vegas to spend some time. And the one thing she asked me that was kind of odd, she said, what's your credit score like? I said, pretty good. She says, well, what do you mean pretty good? I said, it's good enough for me. And she says, oh. And so we kept talking a bit and she then told me that she had to file bankruptcy and her credit was jacked up. And therefore she was looking for a man that had good credit. And I asked her why. And then once she realized that we weren't going to have a relationship and I wasn't going to host her here in Vegas, then she let her hair down and told me the truth. She said, yeah, you know, uh, my ex-boyfriends, uh, I kind of left them in bad shape. what you expect? She was looking for a victim. And you will find people that are like that. And it's a norm because apparently at some point in her life, she thought it was okay to do kept doing some of you ladies will be dealing with men who are married and they're going to lie to you and say they're single don't be surprised pay attention to detail they may slip up and say something and if they do then you know what's up now I usually tell people 90 days I mean, 90, not 90 days, but 90 minutes is about the limit that you should spend on a first date. The reason being, sometimes the conversation may go into areas where you may reveal something or they may reveal something that may not be setting well with you. Or you may say something that may not set well with them. On average, most dates only last 90 days. Most dating arrangements. Because that's usually about the period where people find out about each other. So you look at the 90-day period, you know they used to have the 90-day rule, which was bullshit. The 90-day period is nothing more than a period like probation. You had the 90-day rule back in the Victorian era because Hell, it took you God knows how long to go from Missouri to Kentucky to find out about this guy's family, to check him out in the vet him before he was allowed to come see the daughter. Well, we've gone beyond that now. We have to be more realistic. I abided by a woman's 90-day rule one time years ago. I was naive, I was young. And so, in that 90-day period, I thought that we'll still date, that kind of thing. The communication started slacking off. And of course, I would see her every blue moon. Then after a while, boom. Stopped communicating with me at all together. And then it went to 120 days, and my dumb ass was still waiting around. 
but I was still dating other women. She shows up at my doorstep, stomach showing, she's pregnant, crying. The whole 90 days plus that she had me pivoting in that circle waiting on her, she was living with another guy and got pregnant by him. He kicked her out. And she comes to my doorstep as if to say, accept me as I am. No way. Wasn't going to happen here. And unfortunately, some people think they have that entitlement. And they will do this. Now, an entitled person is one of the worst people you could ever be on a date with or be with. Because they feel as though the world should just lay down for them. Many times they have been treated or coddled by parents. And the problem is they think the rest of the world operates that way. And it doesn't, as we know. So just keep that in mind when you're out on a date and you're noticing that this person feels entitled. Please understand that. Now, one thing I would tell you guys, if you go out on the first date, things go well, you go out on the second date, make sure as you escalate the cost of your dates, like for instance, you start at a coffee shop, next time you're going to a steakhouse for dinner. You wanna have enough money available where she can order anything she wants. Now, the reason why you're doing this at this point is to give her a thank you. You're acknowledging her. But here's the way I would suggest you do it. Make sure you save up the money to do it first. Don't go in there and have to scrounge and rob Peter to pay Paul. Don't go out and get a new credit card just for that purpose. Don't go out taking any of these payday loans, these thrift loans. Don't go out borrowing money from your friends. You want to keep it within your budget. It will help you immensely. And here's the thing. Set a budget for yourself as far as dating costs. Ladies do the same. You go out with a man, always have enough money to pay for your food and to cover your way home. You never know what may transpire. Now, another rule of thumb. A lot of people will not tell you what's associated with them. You go out on a date with them, you're thinking it's a wonderful date, you think it's a wonderful time, but there may be something pending that you don't have any clue of. I told you about the situation when I went out with this one lady and she insisted that I drove her car with her as opposed to me driving mine. To this day, I don't know why she did that. We got halfway down, I think two or three streets. Police pulled us over, asked for driver's license ID. I see the other officer come back from the vehicle, pulls his handcuffs out, and he's handcuffing my date. She had warrants. When she opened the glove box, there was nothing but just traffic tickets in there. She failed to appear in court several times, never paid any of her past due parking tickets, traffic violations. You don't want to wind up like that. Now, she could have easily told me that she was in 
that situation. These are things that will occur. And for the life of me, I don't understand why she didn't have me drive her in my car. Who knows? But I damn sure didn't bail her out, that's for sure. One thing also to understand too. If they tell you they have a boyfriend that's crazy or a girlfriend that's crazy or whatever. If they tell you that before you guys actually go on a date when you're texting. No thank you. Take care of your affairs first. That includes things such as divorces, custody battles, those kind of things. That's not your fight. You don't need another complication in your life like that. You already have enough that you're dealing with. Student loans, maybe, car payments, rent, buying furniture. All these things are tangibles that you have to concern yourself with. So the last thing you need is a situation where you get a partner. Now they need money from you to help them to pay their lawyer or something of that sort. This is the reason why it's so vital for you to assess and have a better idea and understanding of who you are and what your limits, standards, and boundaries and limitations are. And understand there are some things you can't take on. A person may tell you, for instance, well, you know, I've quit drinking and, you know, I've gone through AA and they've really helped me out and I'm trying to fight that battle every day. Now, you don't have to make a blanket judgment on them because they disclose something that would definitely threaten a relationship initially. What you're doing now is he's, that person is giving you the option of understanding what you'll be dealing with if you dealt with them. Don't look at that in a negative light. A lot of people will. They'll just turn their back and go on. And it doesn't have to be just that. It could be other things, drugs or whatever. Hear them out, but understand only sign on to something like that if you have the stomach for it. Don't try to come in there and be the sheriff. Because you may come in there and say, okay, well, if this happens, this is going to happen because you're so nervous about them having a relapse that you now have put rules on top of the rules they have. And of course, they may feel as if to say, that person's not going to tell me what to do. And they may just go right back to that addiction. So what you have to understand is you're going to have to talk to them and see if there's a feasible way to work it out. If you are going to deal with something like that, you don't have to. And don't feel bad if you have to say, no, this is out of my scope. Nothing's wrong with that. But thank the person for being upfront. That includes STDs such as herpes, those kind of things. Don't shame them. Don't berate them. Thank them for sharing that information with you so you can make an informed decision. Because believe it or not, a lot of them have struggled enough and gone through a lot of shit before. Now, one thing I will tell you, a person who will tell you don't judge me they tell you that up front, you need to judge them because they're used to being exempt and deflecting from responsibilities. People who are really trying to do their best, 
They don't say that because they're accountable to themselves. Now, another thing, you'd have to watch people that are out of their depth of field. What do I mean by this? I went out with a lady who was a nurse and she was asking me about glaucoma, about my condition. So I explained what I knew about it but I knew when to shut up when I didn't know certain areas about it. And she commended me for that. She says, you know what you know, and you also know what you don't know. I appreciate that. Come to find out, that's what she did when she first got into nursing. She dealt with ophthalmology. She educated me on a lot of aspects of the disease that I have. That's the reason why I say, just like on this show, always consult a professional. A lot of us try to spend our time being the smartest person in the room instead of the quietest, where you listen, observe, and learn. You will gain far more knowledge by listening you will by speaking. It helps a lot. And she went on to tell me that she had gotten into arguments with men who thought they knew medicine and they didn't know it's an ego. And sometimes you gotta let that go away because your insecurity, if you're wearing it on your sleeve, I can tell you it's just like bug repellent. So the main thing you want to keep in mind is know what you know, ask what you don't. Just that simple. Nothing difficult about it. You know, I get the question all the time. Well, what makes you a guru? What makes you a dating coach? What makes you this? What I said, nothing makes me anything. I'm just a human being just like you that went through a lot of experience because I chose the lifestyle to stay on the dating scene for 30 years plus. That was my choice. I volunteered for that. Had a good time with it. Wish I had some of the money back that I wasted on bad dates. But the thing was, it was a learning experience. I wish I had a resource where I could find out some of the things I know now, back then. But people look for this guide or pamphlet it's going to take you step by step through life. What you have to realize is that the only thing you get out of life from some people, just like with this show, is a template of how you can do things. But it's up to you to configure your own life. Nobody else can do it for you, not even your parents. So you have to decide and determine what's best for you. What's your best interest? What's in it for you? Now, a lot of you have been single for a long time. And one problem that you run into when it comes down to dating is sharing. Some of you don't like to share plates. Some of you don't like to share anything because you're still in that single person's mindset. And by the way, let me tell you something. I hear this lie all the time too from people. 
Oh, I love being single. You know who usually says that? People who were in bad relationships and now they're out. Most of the single people I know talk about how they would love to have somebody with them. Most of you who write in. There have been several women that have written into this show saying about how they love single life and within the next month or two, they're writing talking about, can you help me find someone? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? Because for some, it's a facade. And sadly, some people live that way. Now, one thing I'm going to leave you with before we have to go. Do not date hopeless romantics. Because more than likely, they're in love with something that doesn't exist. And they may be on a perpetual quest for life to find that one thing. I'm out, folks. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.